back again for another Bible study and this uh, section of Bible study is going to be on uh, parables and uh, today we're going to be talking about parable of the kingdom of great price. Uh, the great value of the kingdom. And this uh, parable going to tell of two different parables. They're both short parables, uh, and we're going to cover these two parables uh, in this lesson. They're kind of both similar, and they're, like I said, they're short, and we're going to be kind of going over those and kind of go over what the meaning of them. But they come from uh, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. And we're going to read those verses, and then we'll uh, get into the lesson. It said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto the treasure hid in a field, the which when a man has found, he hideth it, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. So again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Okay. So my mind in the back here in the back is not working. All right, so so when we uh, Chris talked to you about parables, how they worked, and and what they consist of, and different things like that. And I think he, uh, I think in the uh, introduction it was mentioned that uh, some parable may be truths, and some parables, you know, may be. Uh, uh, based on uh, <coughs> events, you know, story parables or true parables. And I think this might, and then it also mentioned that parables could cross over a couple of these lines. I think when you look at this parable, it could be a, a, a story parable or a true parable. Because the story here, the story here, even though the story here may not be true as far as the events actually happen is what Jesus is telling, you know, things like this do happen. You know, people find things of value or uh, different things of that nature, and, and they, you know, hide things of value. And so, you know, this could be a true parable, not necessarily that this parable was true for this particular uh, story, but, you know, things like that do happen. And, you know, it's based on some truth but it may not be true to this particular situation. Uh, and some is based on visible events, like the uh, wheat and the tares, you know, the growing of seeds. You know, you can visualize these things, you know, things that you can see. So, uh, <clears throat> so these things are some things that may have happened uh, with, with some people, but may not be true particularly with this story that Jesus uh, was telling. Uh, the 
parable of the, of the great hidden treasure, Matthew 13, 44, you know, covers just one verse. You know, some parables are long, some parables are short. These are two short parables, so these, we kind of put these two, these two parables kind of put together because they're kind of talking about the same thing, even they're talking about two different treasures. One is talking about a treasure. We don't know what this treasure is. The second is talking about that great pearl, you know, so, uh, something that would be valuable to someone. And then the, uh, first we're going to talk about the parable of the hidden treasure. Uh, the parable of the hidden treasure, as we know it said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like uh, unto a treasure hidden in a field. You know, a farmer is going out, plowing his field. You know, most of the time when you're uh, breaking up new ground, you know, you usually find rocks and things in that field. Well, apparently, you know, when the farmer was breaking up new ground, he hit something what he thought may have been a rock. And he picks it up and gets ready to throw it uh, out of the way and find out that it was something valuable. And then once he found out it was something valuable, you know, he covers it back up so can't nobody else find it. Well, this, this guy's a hireling of the field, so he don't own it. So what he do now, he hides it, covers it back up so nobody can find it. Then he goes and sells everything he owns so he can come back and buy the field. Because at this point, who, as we would, Looking at our laws now, who would own that property? Who would own that thing that he found? Because it was on somebody else's land, we would assume that the owner of the property would be the one that owned it, whatever it is that he found. So in order for him to claim uh, ownership of that property, then he would have to go buy that property. Then he would dig it back up and say, you know, you know I found this on my property. But if he found on somebody, it's just like oil. You know, you people dig for oil. Whenever they found oil on their property, everybody's property that's connected to that property got a stake in that oil because it don't just run onto your property. So when you find oil on that property, everybody's property in that general area gets a piece of that, uh, gets a piece of that oil. Not just because you was the one found it, but you know that oil is also on their property also. So we find out that this guy's a hired hand that's plowing this land and he's you know so he he sell everything he got because what he found is going to be more valuable than all the possessions that he already got so he's willing to take that chance of selling everything that he owns so he can come back and buy that property and then he can get that treasure uh i think the author that uh, wrote these talked about the moral sense of what this guy is doing uh you know like he said, we don't know what the laws were back then would make this a moral dilemma. And Jesus didn't look at it as a moral dilemma when he told the story, so we shouldn't look at it as a moral dilemma either. You know, you know what, whether it would be or not, you know, we, we, we can't say. You know, Jesus told the story. He didn't tell the story like the guy was doing anything wrong. He was just telling the story as if, you know, something that's valuable, you'll do whatever it takes to get it. And this guy was willing to sell everything that he, that he had uh, to, uh, let me bag my, whoops, I'm gonna, let's sing a song. <laughs> All right, what did I do? Oh, <laughs> oh okay.
I'm hitting. So hitting the wrong button. There we go. All right. All right, kingdom of great value. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, so as as the and then, like I said, uh, Matthew chapter thirteen said it has no less than seven parables. So there are several different parables in Matthew. Like I said, uh, the next lesson will cover, I think, a couple more of these parables because a lot of these parables are short. Some of them are long, but some of these parables are two lines. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like. And then the next line tells you what the kingdom of heaven is like. Uh, the order appear to be delivered, you know, uh, because these two are related. And as I said, these are short parables, like the only two sentences. Uh, said it, uh, the point is found in the second sentence. Like I said, these two sentences in these parables, the points are always found in the second sentence. You know, Jesus, you know, always, every time you, he's getting ready to tell you a parable about the kingdom, he said the kingdom is like, and then he'd go ahead and tell you what the kingdom is like. And then in parables, when Jesus used parables, it's kind of like he's taking earthly things that we know about to tell you about heavenly things that we really can't comprehend, you know. You know, you know, we can we can understand heaven. It's just like in Revelation when they talk about uh, heaven. You know, they use earthly things that we can relate. That mean that heaven is exactly like those things, like golden streets and different things like that. Uh, all the different jewels that they mention. You know, it's just giving us a concept of how beautiful heaven is going to be. But it don't mean that all of those jewels and uh, uh, gold streets and things going to be there, but it's just kind of giving us that glimpse of what we'll be seeing or what we'll be missing if we don't go there. You know, what we'll be seeing if we go there and what we'll be missing if we don't go there. And so that's what, you know, kind of what Jesus is doing. He's taking earthly things that we can understand, you know, because, you, know, you know, if Jesus talked heavenly things all the time, you know, we'd be lost. You know, so he had to put things on the uh, level that we can understand. You know, it said a hidden treasure, uh, buried treasure is an important part of popular belief. You know, back in the times, pirates, when they stole, they buried the treasure. You know, you know we hear stories about pirates burying their treasures on different islands. And, you know, and then they're coming back and get it a little bit later on. Me being in law enforcement, I see that a lot. We uh, drug dealers hide burying their drugs in the walls of their houses, or money in the walls of their houses. You know, we went to many houses and tear out the walls and find thousands of dollars in the walls or several, you know, amount of drugs in the wall. So they're hiding things, you know, to keep them concealed so nobody could find them. They, back then, they said they, they wasn't in the banking system or anything like that, so people would was commonly bury their uh, prized possessions, so people can't find them. And then when they die, you know, those treasures are buried, and you know, and nobody know where they are. I said the Mendenhall treasure uh, was a tableware of the late Roman Empire. It was found when a farmer was plowing his field and struck it with a plow. You know, so you know, uh, people buried things. You know, they may not tell anybody. We had a guy when I was a police officer in Arkansas. He owned a store. 
and he, was, he uh, didn't believe in banks. So all the money that he made, he buried, he kept it in his house. And when he died, went to his house, every cent he ever made was in his mattresses and everywhere else in the house. He kept all the money that he ever had in his house because he didn't believe in banks. <clears throat> and so and that's, and back then they didn't have banks and things, so, uh, so they uh, usually uh, you know, buried their treasure somewhere where they can go back and find it a little later. Uh, also, in biblical times, burying one treasure in a yard field was common. You know, they did it all the time. You know, so uh, imagine hired hand plowing the field, you know, and hit something hard. Like I said, we talked about that earlier, and he found out that it was some value. Uh, you know, Jesus had a point to all of this. Like I said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is light. So if these people are willing to sell everything they had to go buy the treasure, because Jesus is saying we should be willing to give up everything here on earth that we have to follow him. You know, that's what a lot of the uh, apostles did. You know, Jesus said, follow me. They dropped everything they had, and they, they followed him. You know, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to drop everything we have, have to follow Jesus as the apostles did? You know, you know when Jesus, uh, you know, tell them to follow him, they dropped everything they had. The fishermen, they stopped fishing. They dropped everything they had. Uh, Matthew was a, a, a publican, you know. Um, you know, and publicans back then was considered thieves, you know, because, you know, they would collect more money from the people, more taxes from the people than the people owe, and then they would keep part of it, and then they would give the rest to the government. And that's why people didn't like publicans, because they was overtaxing them, and it really wasn't a whole lot they could do about it. Uh, so uh, a very similar hidden treasure, a merchant is looking for a pearl. You know, same thing, you know, the hidden pearl. Uh, this person, this is not something that he accidentally, I mean, he accidentally come up on the pearl, but this guy was actually looking for pearls. You know, he was a merchant going around buying pearls. You know, merchants go to, they buy things and they sell things. So this guy was going around looking for pearls to buy so he can resell them. And then he comes up on this uh, beautiful pearl that he wanted. And so he goes again, uh, he goes and sells everything he has so he can buy this pearl. You know, in the first instance, we were talking about the farmer who accidentally uh, ran up on something that he wasn't looking for. You know, he was just, you know, plying his, his boss's field, and he ran up on it. So he decided, you know, I'm going to go buy this field, then I'm going to come back and buy this field, and then I can own whatever it is that's in it. And then this guy, he was looking for pearls. You know, that was apparently his job to go and try to find pearls that he can go back and sell it, at, you know, in the shop. And then when he runs up on this beautiful pearl by accident, then he decided, you know, I want this pearl for myself. So I'm gonna go and sell everything I got so I can buy this pearl, you know. And, and this is kind of like how these stories kind of compensate is that, you know, you find something that's real important to you and you're willing to give up everything that you have, you know, to purchase that. And this is what Jesus is talking about, you know, giving up everything you have just to purchase that. You know, <clears throat> treasure, like I said, the treasure was found by accident. Uh, 
they must make a now or never decision. In other words, now or never. You know, I either go sell everything now and buy it, or I wait and I, you know, and, and nothing happens. Uh, <clears throat> this is not a uh, a way that you would want to do things, but I remember my brother telling me uh, a while, a long time ago, back in Michigan, you know, because they got the lottery. Uh, and he was telling me about this couple that sold everything they owned. They took all their money out of the bank, sold their houses, sold their cars, because they had a number that they just knew was going to come in. So they took all that money and sold everything they had, put that money on one number, and that number didn't hit. So they lost everything they had. Yeah. That could have happened with uh, the, farm, the farmer. You know, he could have sold everything he had, and the guy may have not sold him the land. Same thing with the guy with the pearl. He could have sold everything he had, he may not have been able to buy the pearl. But they were willing to take that chance, you know, that, to get the things that they want. You know, just like these people, they were willing to take that chance, even though it was something that they shouldn't have been doing because it was something against the, uh, the uh, will of God. But they was willing to sell everything they had on the on the except or that number was gonna come in, they was gonna be millionaires. But you know, more, and and when they boiled down to it, you know, they put it on that one number. That number didn't hit, so they lost everything they had. Uh, and that was the same way with with the. Uh, okay. All right, my thing froze up. All right. Good, I got my paper. Let me see where I'm at. All right. So now we're going to look at, oh, there you go. Oh, I'm going to keep forgetting the. Try it again. Me and this thing don't. Don't jab too well. Okay, I'm still going backwards. <laughs> I'll get it here in a minute. All right, there we go. Oops. All right. Uh, our, our salvation is not purchased. You know. Even though, you know, they, even though, you know, he said the kingdom of heaven is like something that you would go and sell everything you have and purchase because you want it, our salvation is not something that's purchased. You know, I mean, we don't purchase it. You know, uh, it, it was purchased for us. You know, it, it was a gift to us, but it was purchased. You know, but it wasn't purchased by us. You know, we can't buy our salvation. Uh, we can we can have all the money in the world, and it's not going to buy us salvation. It's got, not going to buy us eternal life. It's not going to buy us uh, eternal living here on earth. You know, you know, there are some people who want to live forever. You know, I've read about these stories where people is is thinking about what they call the cryogenics or something, where they freeze themselves and 
And if they have some kind of disease, they can freeze themselves until they come up with a cure, and then they can thaw themselves out, and then the cure will be there when they wake up. You know, things like that's not going to happen. I, I don't care how much technology we got in this world today. You know, you, nobody will never be able to live forever, not in this physical life. Now, we'll be able to live forever in the spiritual life, but we'll never be able to live forever in the physical life. Uh, could, in these parables, could Jesus be the man to buy the field? You know, you know, Jesus is the one who purchased the church with his own blood. So could Jesus be the one, it's, it's kind of like, could Jesus be the one, this is not my thought, this is the, the a guy that did this lesson, it was kind of his thought of could Jesus be the one that he's talking about who purchased these fields. You know, could he be talking about when he, him purchasing the church, you know, at this point? You know, because at this point the church hadn't been uh, established, but, you know, could Jesus be talking about, you know, the future of him purchasing the church when he was telling these parables? Also, uh, paying for it with his blood to obtain the hidden treasure, the church. In other words, Jesus paid for the church with his blood. Uh, you know, because we, we know that Jesus died for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins. He purchased his church with his blood. And so we can see that uh, uh, this story could kind of go in with that. You know, Jesus, being Jesus is the one who uh, uh, gave up everything so he can purchase the church. Uh, <clears throat> you, bought, you was bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6.20 and 1 Corinthians 7.23 both says you were bought with a price. You know, when that price was the blood of Jesus. And we can see that these things could be, uh, you know, Jesus bought us with a price. And also, uh, uh, when we talked about pearls, you know, being, you know, uh, valuable, you know, some scriptures kind of cover those in uh, uh, Revelation 12, 12, you know, said the merchants weep and mourn over her. No one will buy their uh, gold, silver, or pearls. So it's showing how valuable those things were. And in Matthew 7, 6, uh, Jesus said, don't throw pearls to swines, that so they will trample them underfoot. And then another one, 1 Timothy 2, 9, said, let women, not dress, let women dress modestly, not with braided hair, gold, or pearls. So it's showing them how valuable pearls were to people back then. And we can... Uh, and can, we can relate to that now because pearls are something that's valued now. When we uh, another point to ponder is, uh, is there shall be false teachers among you who shall bring her heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. You know, in other words, you know, false teachers. You know, we got false teachers now. I was reading an article. Uh, uh, the other night, matter of fact, I think I still got it on my phone. I won't read the whole article, but basically this article is, is saying, it says, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? Uh, and in this, it's, it's talked about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't talking about 
homosexuality. Sodom and Gomorrah was talking about hospitality. Said so Jesus didn't care anything about homosexuality. I mean, God didn't care anything about homosexuality. This didn't, it wasn't condemning homosexuality. It was condemning that uh, these people weren't hospitable to the angels. Don't make any sense. But that's 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 what. But that's what this this what this uh, uh, article was saying. You know. You know. And then it go back to where Paul said there was neither Jew or Greek, nor, uh, male or female. Said that Jesus didn't look at people being male or female. So being homosexuality didn't matter because everybody was the same. So you know, peop things like that. You know is. What, why people go all in all the kind of directions that they go. You know, people teaching things like that. Uh, so, but, but that's, what this less, that's what that article was trying to say, that homosexuality didn't matter to God. That the, the uh, story about Sodom and Gomorrah about being not hospitable to the angels. You know, and that uh, when, uh, Lot, when they came to Lot, Lot was hospitable to them. But when the men of Sodom came to him, those men was not hospitable. So it was, it was, it was, it was based on being hospitable and not being hospitable. And that, it wasn't about homosexuality at all. all right. So, and then another said that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, uh, but the precious blood of Christ. In other words, we were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. And that would be 1 Peter 1.18. You know, uh, so, so, you know, Christ purchased the church with his blood. And another scripture says that there shall be false teachers among you that shall bring heresies, denying the Lord that bought you. Okay. Okay, okay. All right, there you go. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. That's what Paul said in 3.7. In other words, Paul is saying that you know, all the things that I have on this earth, you know, he would, he would count them all lost for Christ. You know, and the people that was buying the land and buying the pearl, they was giving everything up for the pearl and for the, you know, and that's what Jesus is trying to say here. You know, you're giving everything in this world up for God. And then another scripture, Philippians 3, 8, said, I count, uh, I count all things lost for gospel of Christ. I have suffered loss of all things and count them as dumb that I might wear in Christ. In other words, Paul has said, you know, in, nothing in this world matters to him. You know, the only thing that mattered to him is Christ. You know, Paul was even willing to give up his soul that he may can save one person. You know. He, you know, he's willing to give up, you know, let me go to uh, be lost that I might save somebody else. You know, that's just how Paul looked at things. You know, uh, let me be able to save somebody. You know, I'll give up, you know, everything that I have. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. So, so we can see that, you know, the 
pearl of great price and the treasure was stories not actually just about the treasures and the pearl. It was more about giving up things here on earth that we can follow God. You know, we can follow God. You know, we can give up the things we have. You know, most people don't want to give up their riches. Look at the rich young ruler. Uh, the rich young ruler, you know, he didn't want to give up. You know, when Jesus, you know, when he told Christ, you know, you know, what can I do to eternal, to gain eternal life? You know, he, he told him, you know, uh, what to do. And then he told him, well, I do all these things for my youth up. You know, and Jesus knew inside of his heart what kind of, you know, that he wasn't willing to give up his riches. And he told them that one thing you lacking, go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And the rich young ruler went away sorrowful because he had a lot of riches and he didn't want to give them up. You know, and that's where we are sometimes. We don't want to give up earthly things, you know, for Christ. Um, we want, you know, we want to keep though. We want to have Christ. We want to keep though. If it's, it's if it's about giving up the things for Christ, you know, Christ is not asking us to give up our thing. You know, you know, He wants us to have good things. He wants to, you know, to have nice things. But if it's come down to willing to give those things up, we have to be willing to give those things up. You know, I've known people say they gave up jobs because it caused them to work on Sunday. So they quit their jobs, you know, so they will be able to go to worship. And then they have to look, go back and look for another job. You know, you know, some people are not willing to do that. You know, uh, is it do, is that something that we have to do? You know, you know, we have to make a living. Sometimes we have to work on, a lot of times I have to work on Sunday. When I was on regular shift, I had to work a lot of Sundays. Matter of fact, I, at one point I had to work every Sunday because my days off was like, Tuesday, Wednesday, through the week. So I was working every Sunday. Uh, but some people are willing to sacrifice their job, you know, because they're not willing to give up, you know, their Sunday service, you know. Romans, Romans wasn't in that article. They didn't even bring up any of those Romans. Uh, they didn't bring up. They didn't bring up any of those. Yeah. Yes. The only one they brought up was the one that they could they could uh, misconstrue, like you know, neither male or female. Yeah. So, in other words, they said homosexuals are either one. You know, and Christians are all one. So, so they're not male or female. So you don't see homosexuality. God don't see homosexuality.
lot of people, you know, a, a lot of people are taught, you know, you know, of course, you know, we got the sinner's prayer, you know, they leave our baptism, and then we got uh, uh, accepting Christ in your heart as a personal Savior, you know, people, you know, this they're telling people that's all they have to do, you know, they, they don't teach about the, you know, hearing the gospel and believing it, and then repentance, and then uh, being baptized, they, that's one that's left out more often, is that baptism. Baptism is left out more often than any of them. Uh, you know, right. Well, repentance means, you know, repentance means you making up your mind that you're going to stop this sin. You know, not necessarily that means it's going to be automatic. Matt, some sins, you know, people may do again, you know. It may not stop, you know, all at once, you know, what they call cold turkey. You know, some people may try to stop cold turkey, but they may fall back into those sins again. But the idea is that you're working on trying to stop those sins. You know, when you become a Christian, you know, you know, a lot of people that may be an alcoholic, you know, he may fall back into drinking again after he, but then, his, his job is to continue to work on that thing, trying to get it, you know, trying to get it in, under control. Remember yeah. when Roger Rescue came, um, and the robot kid is saying that he, he made a good point about Christianity is something you practice. Right. It's, you've got to practice. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be wound easy. But it's, you've got to work at it, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. But you Well, just like First Peter one twenty said, you know, uh, baptism now do save us, not the, the cleansing of the flesh, but of a good conscience. In other words, we got that good conscience now, so we got to try to keep, you know, we you have to try to keep our minds on on uh, on uh, good things and keep our mind out of the gutter. You know, when we keep our mind in the gutter, that's what causes us to sin. When we keep thinking about those things, that's what causes us to sin. Yes, like I said, some people don't want to give up uh, certain things. Uh, Some the Pope said, you know, Pope is changing his, I guess, outlook about homosexuality. You know, so he was kind of giving a, 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 a lesson on why homosexuality wasn't, wasn't an intention to be a sin, of, you know, according to God, because 
since when people come, become Christian, homosexuality is, 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 is no matter because being a female or male or Greek and internet didn't matter, so that means homosexuality didn't matter. Either. But Yeah. Everybody got something different that they need to get out of their life. Right, That's, but the treasure is the same. Right, the treasure is the same, yeah. Yeah, it's worth it. No matter what it is that you got, the treasure is worth more. Like I said, you know, those people were willing to, you know, to give up the things that they had to get it, you know, even though they was taking a chance. You know, but we're not taking a chance when we come into the church to giving up the thing we have, you know, we're taking the chance when we hold on to those things that we need to be giving up. You know, these people, you know, they was taking a chance selling the things that they had and not being able to buy what it was that they was trying to get. You know, but... Yeah, the kingdom of God, yeah. Mm -hmm. Being in the church, yeah. All right.